Hi, my name is Adam. Hi, my name is Johnny. Hi, my name is Bridget. And, and we have never seen Enter the Dragon. to another episode of Fine, I'll Watch It. You heard all our names up top because we are all on the hot seat for this show where we show somebody, anybody, sometimes multiple people, a film they've never seen before, but they absolutely should have uh, this week. As you heard, we are watching 1973's Kung Fu classic, Enter the Dragon. How are you guys doing today? Great. Great. <laughs> <laughs> Fabulous. Awesome. Ready to do a high crane kick. Yeah, you guys ready for kicks, punches, kicks, yep. punches, slaps? Yep, all of it. Breaking some vases, probably. Ooh, let's hope. Swords, nunchucks. I It'd be nice if we get swords at this point. Yeah, my. Do you need a sword to kill a dragon? Is there even a dragon in this? I don't know. I, come enter. <laughs> yeah, please. He may, he may be hesitant. We yeah. see him in the sequel. <laughs> So like a vampire where like the dragon has to knock in order to be Basically, yeah. yeah. Like enter that dragon. Mm-hmm. Come on. Is there an exit the dragon? <laughs> there is not. Yeah. Stage left, dragon. And there's this very specific reason for that. Right. <laughs> Bye. How are you guys doing? You guys ready for this? I am, yeah. I uh I think we had some fun with gunplay last weekend. We did. Mm-hmm. We'll Lots get into it. I almost said fits play, but I don't know if that's. Yeah, cool. I was gonna say foot play. Which yeah, is yeah, worse. both are just getting bad. Um, <laughs> Get your heads out of the gutter, all yeah. of you. We all know what you're thinking out there on the well, other side of the speaker. <laughs> right. But yeah, we did Mortal Kombat. Yeah. We did. Old the, and well, new. Yeah. And I think that's as close as we've gotten to any sort of martial arts action on the show here. Yeah. Yeah, because we didn't, we haven't gone down like this superhero movie road of a lot of fisticuffs. We didn't, we haven't done any boxing movies. We haven't done anything with Chuck Norris. Or, right, right. Um, I think there's some stuff on the list that that includes those kinds of things. But yeah, this would be the closest we've gotten to hand to hand combat, besides Mortal Kombat, which doesn't really yeah. count. <laughs> Maybe a little bit of Roadhouse. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, some that's a little bit in there. Yeah. Some Tai Chi. Some yeah, tai and some chi. spin kicks some and. Some... Yeah. A lot of you know, there's stuff with flavor. fights, but yeah. right. this I feel like is going to be a different, uh, different beast. Right. Um. So Johnny, you picked this one, so I'll start with you. What do you kind of know about Enter the Dragon, and why maybe haven't you seen this before? Uh, I I really don't have any excuses. I uh, Bruce Lee is a name that is synonymous with film and cinema, uh, sort of leading the charge into martial arts, a universe of film movies. I think I'm sure there were some beforehand, but he sort of paved the way for it being a large medium in the space. Especially um, in the West. Yeah. Like, Correct. This obviously would have yeah. been a thing in the Asian film markets. Right, right, right. But for the West, not really. It was Westerns, and that's what we had, and those were our kind of like folk heroes, and then you know, right, different right. cultures have different style of folk heroes, and these are the stories that they would have been potentially telling back. Correct. But I suppose maybe the reason, too, is I kind of had my own sort of heroes or kung fu movies, I think. We had, you know, we've had uh, Jackie Chan, a lot of Jackie Chan movies. Mm-hmm. And I that would have been in the 80s and 90s. 80s and 90s. I remember reading, like, Rumble in the Bronx and some of those other ones. And then he got into sort of, like, the cheesier stuff, which is, like, 
was it high, not high noon, what are they, yeah. oh, Shanghai something? Shanghai noon, but Sh- the rush hour, I think is what you're Rush hour, yeah. yeah, where they sort of just add, because I think they realize how funny he is, like the way he talks, the translation there is inherently funny, almost how we talked about how Arnold Schwarzenegger, yeah. given more lines mm-hmm. to add some sort of levity and comedy into what would rather be just a beat-em-up movie with a big guy in it, but... Yeah, Jackie Chan. Uh, I there's a a Thai uh, martial artist. I forget his name, but he was an Ung Bak. I don't know if you've ever seen that before. If not, but he's in a bunch of. I feel like there's a bunch of like the this the yeah. the one the protector the the medallion the medallion. It just <laughs> the tuxedo. Correct. <laughs> um. So I've seen a few of the thes before. Yeah. But yeah, I am, I'm excited because this, I think, is arguably at the top, like, the godfather of martial arts movies. Mm-hmm. The, grandfather, the grandfather, excuse me. Yeah. Get it right. <laughs> How dare I not yeah. create a through line with our podcast? <laughs> yeah, I didn't want to correct you, Yeah, but yeah. it's definitely the grandfather. Right. But yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited for just a brisk 90-minute, 100-hour, 40-minute yeah, movie. Yeah, hour, 40-minute, yeah. With very little plot. I just need something to push me along to the next fist in the face yeah and uh i'm excited because this is my first bruce lee movie i can't think of i know there are other movies yeah this i haven't is the, seen them this is the big one this is the big one yeah at least again at least in hollywood right like i don't want to speak for any of the the movies he would have made you know not through hollywood that could have been masterpieces and great and talked about in circles oh for sure in yeah other regions of the world but specifically hollywood right now, what about you, Bridget? How are you? What's your familiarity with this movie, and why maybe haven't you seen this before? Uh, haven't seen it. Um, I'm not a huge martial arts film consumer in general, mm-hmm. um, though I have enjoyed what I have seen, um, especially the '90s Mortal Kombat. Um, you know, I've seen like a lot of the early 2000s where you had Crouching Tiger. Right. Uh, House of Flying Daggers, that sort of more acrobatic martial the ma- arts. The Matrix is a big the thing. The Matrix, yeah. yeah, that's true. Um, why I haven't seen this, uh, I don't know. Just didn't get to it, never sought it out, but happy to do it. I think Bruce Lee is a really interesting figure, um, but I've never seen any of his movies. I'm more familiar with him as a sort of icon rather than... Yeah, yeah. Have either of you seen The Crow? No. Is that a movie for either of you? No. Just thinking about his son. Um, I don't think so, no. Yeah, not, I, I haven't seen it either, but... Um, That's the one where someone got shot. Yeah, his, his son, son, Brandon, Brandon yeah. Lee, yeah. was killed on set. Right. Um, so that it, that's sort of the through line of Bruce Lee and Brandon Lee and, you know, these tragic young deaths. What could they have accomplished? Had they lived longer? That's sort of the side I'm more familiar with than the actual, you know, their work, which is unfortunate. So happy that we're rectifying it. Nice. How about you, Adam? Um, I, despite, I think, some of my other interests, I never really got into martial arts movies, despite, like, having done karate as a kid. And, like, I would have gotten into, like, the... The fake stuff, the Karate Kids, the Power Rangers, the oh know, yeah, the Power super, Rangers, the superhero side of like martial arts mm-hmm. rather than a standard martial arts style movie. So like, I never even really watched a lot of Jackie Chan. 
or Jet Li or any of those others. I mean, blasphemy, but like even as Steven Seagal in his younger days with a lot of, you know, kicking and punching and martial arts influences uh, never really clicked for me. It was always like, I like the the other coat on some of these things, mm-hmm. the superhero-esque coat of paint mm-hmm. on it or the... So- more fantastical yeah because that that meshed more with what i was into at that time and it never kind of because i know some people will will watch those and they'll get into martial arts because of a of a power rangers but then their love of that grows and then they segment off and they go see and seek out some of these other movies other types of of films and that just was never me i didn't i didn't do enough branching out from the martial arts world that i knew which included mortal Kombat and yeah. yeah, and various things like that. So that that I think is probably why. I mean, I do know some people that I'm sure are fans of this, and obviously Bruce Lee being you know a name that's so recognizable, both because of the fact that he didn't get to continue working for a lot longer, uh, but also what he was able to accomplish in his short time making movies, specifically in the West. Uh, obviously, means that he's he he left a legacy that I just don't understand because I've never seen. Uh, any of that stuff so i too am excited i think the only thing like i was looking through his filmography and really the only thing that i could think i'd ever really seen him in would have been his appearances on the old batman show which would have been crossovers with when he was on the green hornet and Hmm. that's it interesting yeah because he played kato in the old green hornet show which i never watched but that show crossed over with batman which i have seen a lot of the episodes of and so that would have been a thing where i would have seen him i would have seen i think he does some light comedy in that and also fantastic martial arts but that's the extent of it for me uh, so i never really went uh, beyond that so i have no other familiarity but uh, hmm. should be good stuff now you mentioned seeing some of like the jackie chans and the jellies do you have any particular favorites of that genre uh no not particularly i think i fall kind of in line with you it's just the stuff that i immediately was into that later on i found to be like influenced by martial arts i was like oh well i'm just gonna ingest that because that's i already like that i like the ninja turtles mm-hmm. oh they it's this was it came from kung fu movies really and martial arts and things like that like that media that medium i'm just gonna continue watching the turtles <laughs> yeah but no, there's there's a few. Again, I can't think of off the top of my head, but I I enjoy a lot of again the in camera, the stunts, how well they're uh, choreographed. I mean, I think there's even some movies like The Raid. I don't know if we've mm-hmm. ever talked about or if you guys have seen this, but no. it's a pair of movies that came out recently that are really popular, ultra violent, but very old school, classic in camera stunts. So I have a large appreciation for it, um, but yeah, I just I don't I can't really think of anything that like oh I absolutely that's the one that's the one martial arts movie I love. Yeah. What about you, Bridget? Any like favorite Jackie Chan or Jet Li or mm-hmm. I mean even Chuck Norris or Steven Seagal type movies? No, I do I do love Crouching Tiger. Okay. But you know it's it's an Ang Lee movie. You know yeah. what I mean? It's a different yeah. vibe. Yeah. That's a to me is not a traditional fantastical yeah it's yeah. T- it's much more fantastical mm-hmm. than then second up it would be roadhouse to, <laughs> to i was go just gonna back. say yeah. just defer to roadhouse Ro- yeah. roadhouse yeah. is probably my favorite martial arts adjacent movie mm-hmm. um i like the first couple of rush hours i always really enjoyed those i haven't watched them since i was a kid yeah i i probably would enjoy them 
those are things where I still see them on TV every now and again, and I'll catch the last like twenty minutes of it just to be like, oh, I'll just watch this big battle at the end with yeah. all the kicking and punching and you know flying down on banners and ribbons and you know throwing people off balconies. Or whatever yeah. Happens, yeah. but that's my familiarity even with that that side of it is the con. Like I didn't see Shanghai Noon or Shanghai Nights or any of yeah those other ones. I never really went deep down the Jackie Chan rabbit hole or anything like that either. So it'll be interesting to see what kind of expectations do you guys have for this? I know, Johnny, you mentioned probably light on story, but are you going in just looking for big action set pieces, smaller action set pieces? What's kind of the vibe that you're looking for from this? I I, I wouldn't mind if this was completely dead ass the entire time. <laughs> oh, let's hope. <laughs> like, I just, I'm going to enjoy it. I think it a lot better that way because I said I think a lot of the martial arts stuff I have ingested has that sort of Jackie Chan comedy. Mm-hmm thing to it yeah i don't know i'm expecting a little bit of like a james bond vibe just to, like something just enough to propel mm-hmm. this character to go out and just kick all sorts of ass i've seen pictures is this black and white or is it color i think it's color because i've seen some b&w's yeah. flying around some stills oh, yeah. I mean, I, yeah i see i see the stills you're talking about but i also see like what is clearly screenshots from the movie yeah and i imagine like, 73 i mean unless you're going completely stylistic like they're really going after the technicolor shit at that point well yeah but it could have been meant to be an homage to right maybe movies he had made yeah elsewhere um so no it's not a bad question because again stylistically it would have been reminiscent of maybe things he grew up on or worked on previously and right so you bring that that vibe and that style yeah. to it but what about you bridget what's kind of your expectation for this um, I'm looking forward to seeing things that I've seen before, but more in their original undiluted form. Mm-hmm. Like as, as we were talking, I was like, oh, I also, I love the Kill Bill movies, which are yeah. very much a, you know, remix of traditional martial arts movies yeah. as well as like just being a martial arts movie. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing the foundation, if you will. Going down to the basement. Yeah, mm. this, this very much seems like, from what little I know of it, as a thing that was super influential in a lot of it. So we'll see it kind of repeated in a lot of other media later on, both in the you know kung fu martial arts genre and then just in other movies as well. Um, but I know like a lot of people grew up on this kind of stuff. Like I think Keanu's a big martial arts guy f- for these kinds of movies. The RZA from the Wu Tang Clan, like mm. grew oh, up on yeah. all these, and he started making movies like this and starring in movies like this. I think what was the Man with the Golden Arms or something like sure, that, that yeah. came out a few years ago. That was very much a an homage to kung fu classics. So it's clearly been very influential, and I'm sure a lot of scenes will probably feel familiar. Tarantino, like with Kill Bill, right, and all this right. probably was a big fan of this as well. So that'll be interesting, at least for me to see, is what kind of this was the prototype for uh, and then just kicking and punching is always fun yeah yeah you know? i would like to get an idea or if after watching it understand that he's a movie star yeah almost in the same vein of like you know arnold schwarzenegger and his earlier stuff like when you he comes on it's like that guy is a movie star this is i get it like i get why he's put on a pedestal yeah um so i'd like to see if right off the bat there's like a screen presence you know, that's magnetic in any way, um, that he can carry a movie by himself and carry and throw bodies through windows <laughs> as well. But I'd like to be able to understand, hopefully even just by one 
movie of his that I get why his name is so synonymous. Yeah, for sure. I mean, this ultimately is his last movie. Um, So this would be the, basically the swan song, the swan song, the final, like we put all of the pieces together and, you know, like you said, maybe made him a a star and it's just a shame what happens, you know, immediately after. But yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see. So uh, do you guys have any other thoughts, any other things that you want to get out there before we sit down and watch this movie? Hiya. Let's go. (laughs) Hiya. I'm ready. All right. Well, then what do we have to say for ourselves? Fine. Fine. I'll I'll watch it. back we have just finished watching 1973's bruce lee's enter the dragon now we were all here on the hot seat together so glad we were together for this uh but johnny i'm gonna start with you how are you feeling after watching this film pretty great (laughs) feeling good i don't think there's a bad feeling in this room no yeah yeah there definitely isn't no oh my god pretty mutual Yeah. yeah There are some movies where it's like, okay, everyone's kind of quiet. Oh, there's some chuckles, but like, ooh, I don't know. It's, are people feeling it? Not sure. This one I definitely knew we were all into and having a right, time. Right, right, right. page. Yeah, no suspense here. Loved it. Yeah, what a movie. Hoot. Start to finish. Cold open. Oh, yeah. The coldest of opens. Very cold. Very cold. And, and then, then it's that's hot out. forever. And then, it, and then it's hot forever. <laughs> Yeah, once the once the soundtrack kicks in Correct. on the opening titles, like it's a it's just a jaunt from there. I can't even remember what like happened. <laughs> like pre island. <laughs> well, pre island we get a little bit of our main character, Lee, his backstory. Seems like he's grown up in or raised in a Shaolin temple. He studied it, he's serious. Yeah, we get a little of his personal dojo time. Right. He has to go confront. He's asked by someone high up in the temple to go confront this bad guy named Han who's betrayed the Shaolin way. Incidentally, there's a random Englishman there who wants him to do a kind of mission on the island. No guns. The tournament. No guns. No guns. Won't allow it. Han won't allow it. And so he goes... I love how we were like, oh my god, this is 
Mortal Kombat. Oh yeah, it's oh, Mortal Kombat. It's, it's Mortal Kombat is yeah. right. Enter the Dragon. Yeah. <laughs> But like in, the just cr- like, in the chronology of this show, of this, this, show. Is, and this is Mortal Kombat. Enter the Dragon is 100% a rip-off of Mortal Kombat. <laughs> just in the chronology <laughs> of our program. Um, oh yeah, no, the parallels are insane. It's a guy who, you know, has trained in martial arts his whole life, who loses a sibling to an evil warlord-style person. Mm-hmm. Then he gets an invitation to go fight an evil warlord-style martial arts tournament. Uh, where he meets up with a ragtag group of other martial artists from around the globe, all with their own fun personalities and characters that you want to root for and hope that they kick some serious ass. Uh, then he infiltrates the tournament and goes to try to avenge his sister and take the guy down. Like, it's just, it's Mortal Kombat. And to Johnny's point from earlier, kind of meets James Bond. Yeah. Right. He does a lot of little, like, spy work on the island. Um, but it's just not supernatural. And that's totally fine, because it's awesome. Yeah. What's supernatural is Bruce Lee's abilities. Yeah, and those abs. <laughs> you know, cut. cut yeah. as, so cut. I. It's not. I'm speechless. <laughs> like, because I've seen images of him. I know what Bruce Lee looks like, but watching him work is really incredible. Because yeah. you also like, you know, you look at sort of actors and performers who are known for. Like, what they can do with their body, whether it's Schwarzenegger or Van Damme. Mm-hmm. Like, trying to think of others. Like, even if you think of, like, a Christian Bale. Stallone. Like, Stallone. Yeah. Um, it's just astounding. Like, flexible, but also, like, strong. It's, it's, it's what is happening. Yeah. It's rock solid. From? If you threw a rock at him, you'd hear a ricochet. Yeah. yeah. Like, you'd hear a noticeable... Yeah. Like, ...reaction. It's... I, he looks like the mannequins, like, you know those bodies exhibits where it's just like, this is muscles. Like, this is the muscular yeah. structure. Yeah. It's that, but with and the tiniest thin, thin skin coat of paint. Over. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, you might as well just paint paint over the muscles. Not even skin. It's just, it's all muscle. There's yeah. nothing else there. But also so just soft and unassuming and, like, quiet. He's fighting without fighting. He is fighting without fighting. It takes discipline to be that good. No one to strike and no one to hold back. Oh my god. Yeah, no, the stuff he does in this is incredibly impressive from an athleticism and, like, technical fighting standpoint. You know, just, like, he kicks high, he kicks low, he kicks behind his own back. You know, he punches people, he throws people, he's doing... The first thing that we see of him after he wins his, like, training fight amongst friends, seemingly, like, so there's no malice there. He just kicks the shit out of the guy because he (laughs) can't. His first act of, like, athleticism is he then just does a front flip, like, over some people holding their arms above their heads. Right. Mm-hmm. Just for fun. He doesn't have to impress anybody. He doesn't have to do it. He just does he it because he, yeah. he can. He just does it because he can, yeah. He just does it because he can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's it's insane. Every time he does a new move, I'm just like, damn, that, what? <laughs> like, I pulled a back muscle watching this. I don't know how that happened. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Years of training, I imagine. Yeah. Just makes it look so fun. It does. He's like so fun. I get why people get roped into movies like this. <laughs> <laughs> I get how this could have had a lasting. Like if I had seen this as a child, I absolutely would have fallen way harder into the martial arts realm. Yeah, thing. Really? Oh, yeah. Because like this is just the cool. This is Power Rangers and Ninja Turtles, but real, <laughs> essentially. Right. I can't wait to show someone this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I can't, like, 
Maybe we should stop recording and get someone else to come on just so we can just, yeah, <laughs> watch really. it again. Yeah. We'll just scrap everything we filmed thus far and just be like, yeah, okay, new person hasn't seen it. We've all seen it. Yeah, Yeah, we're big fans of it for a while now. We'll record again (laughs) in a year. Um, So much influence seen in other movies, particularly, like, I've always seen, like, spaghetti westerns and things like that, and that's, I can see Tarantino ripping off of that. Mm -hmm. Here I finally see, like, the soundtrack, the snap zooms are very much... Tarantino and oh my god that final shot is amazing of the final of the movie oh yeah (laughs) it's perfect oh my god I I my it's perfect jaw was dangling (laughs) dangling through multiple moments in this movie for probably the last 30 minutes I was just Oh yeah, the whole thing. Mouth hanging open. Yeah. Like, no notes. Pencils oh, zero down. Notes. <laughs> yeah, Pencils no down. notes. Yeah. At one point, I took I took my notebook. I put it away from me. I was offended <laughs> yeah. by its presence. Like I can't begin <laughs> to intellectualize what I'm I'm seeing in front of me. Don't even tempt me to write something. Just, my eyes are glued. It's like him talking about the moon. Like you can't think about the moon. Yeah. Don't look at your finger. Look yeah. at the moon. Yeah. Experience the moon. Yeah. It was a metaphor for watching the movie. It, right. We experienced the moon today. Yeah. There and back again. <laughs> the 1973 equi- equivalent of saying, put your phones away and, and watch right, the movie. Right. Pretty much. No, all fantastic. What did you guys think of his like his acting in this? We'll, we'll have plenty of time to gush about the martial arts aspect of it and we'll keep coming back to different favorite moments and stuff. But what did you guys think of his acting? I don't re- remember it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't recall. Uh, the, fine, I. I think it's pretty good. Sure, honestly, yeah. like he's you know he's not given a lot to do. Yeah. But the the softer moments where he's speaking philosophically and doing like the finger in the moon speech and some of the other conversations that he has where it's just like it's kind of stoic and you know mm-hmm. intense when he needs to be and like soft and understated when he needs to be and both I think are played together really right. well. Like an early Schwarzenegger, you can see the potential. Mm-hmm. He's not, he doesn't have a lot to work with necessarily in this movie, besides all of the crazy martial arts sequences, which yeah. are like obviously going to showcase what you're best at. But the scenes on the boat, um, when he tricks O'Hara into getting on onto the dinghy, that was um, that was good stuff. You know, you can see see the potential there just sad yeah yeah i mean this could have been the kicking off of a james bond style franchise of Mm -hmm. you got to go in and do some spy work no guns though all ass kicking all all ass kicking now what exactly happened again (laughs) (laughs) when (laughs) narrow that down (laughs) no with him in real life yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) <laughs> so you meant the movie it's like which part well yeah I could <laughs> what happened where were you um looks like he collapsed during ADR for this mm-hmm. um suffering seizures and headaches uh he was rushed to the hospital where they right. diagnosed him with a cerebral edemia they were able to reduce the swelling uh, the headache and edemia that occurred in his first collapse were later repeated on the day of his death so, in 1973, he was in Hong Kong to have dinner with George Lazenby. So, Bond connection there. 
with whom he intended to make a film. According to Lee's wife, Linda, Lee met with Raymond Chow at 2 p.m. to discuss the making of a film, worked until 4. Later, he complained of a headache. They gave him a painkiller, which contained both aspirin and a tranquilizer. And then he went to lie down for a nap. He didn't come to dinner. They were unable to wake him up. They spent 10 minutes trying to revive him. Uh, and then he was declared dead on arrival a little bit later. A forensic scientist recommended by Scotland Yard was assigned to the case, and his conclusion was death by misadventure uh, caused by cerebroedema due to reaction to compounds present in the combination uh, medication equagesic. Although there was initial speculation that cannabis found in his stomach may have contributed to his death, they said it would be both irresponsible and irrational to say that cannabis may have triggered either events of his collapse, either the first one or the second one. And how old was he? 32. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, this this clearly would have been a jumping off point potentially sure, for yeah. a big franchise. I mean, I don't know how well it did. It did incredibly well. It was one of the best gross and grossed over a hundred million wow. in seventy three, I believe. Oh yeah, the budget was eight hundred and fifty thousand dollars, and it grossed three hundred and fifty million dollars. Five hundred thousand of fruit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Johnny, what's the uh, what's the fruit counter? Uh, what did I got? I got ten. I got ten, ten bowls of fruit. Ten bowls of fruit. Various fruits. But they yeah, could have been moving fruit from location to location. That's though. true. They could have reused a lot of the fruit. Yeah. Except yeah. the ones that there the were a couple bananas. Are. I was like, mm, <laughs> I've seen that banana. A little banana yeah, but it's a little brown. Yeah. I mean, I wonder how much of that uh, that total was people wanting to see this Bruce Lee guys who we know from other things. Mm. Do we go see his last movie more than we would have wanted to otherwise? I mean, that's always the question you ask when something like this happens and tragedy strikes before a film is released. Right. And you wonder what the reception would have been like had that not taken place. But since things are as they are, this had a huge, huge profit margin. Uh, if he was still around, you'd think this easily could have been a franchise that we still talk about, you know, the Dragon series to this day. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is a real shame that obviously things didn't work out that way. Uh, but in a parallel universe, there's 30 Enter the Dragon style films. Gotcha. They're better off for it. <laughs> it's a real... That's a real shame. But good news is, the movie we watched was fantastic. Yeah. So, we'll move move, move past the, yeah. the sadness and into the the joy that was this experience. Yeah. Like, if you're going to talk about, like, you, you kind of get one work to, like, put your mark on the world, like, I can't imagine a more perfect showcase of, mm-hmm. this is everything I can do. Yeah. To the best of my ability. And you're going to love it. Bear claw. Like, just <laughs> ultimate mic drop. Such a mic drop. <laughs> yeah, that's the catch-22 of having it be your last film. Is that like, okay, this is your magnum opus. This is your, like, mic drop, essentially. Of like, this is it. This is the culmination of all my work. I could do it again and keep doing it if I really wanted to. But, unfortunately, I can't. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, this is... It took me a little bit to get past the dubbing at the beginning. I wasn't ready for the level of ADR that we got. A lot of them were mouthing English, but the audio just sounded off enough where I was like, is it, is it a 1973 movie or is it just overdubbing ADR even when the actor's face is clearly speaking English? Yeah, I mean, even some of the ADR was bad enough where like they were outside and it sounded like they were in a room. Yeah. So that took me a little bit to get into, but I think by the time he got to the boat, 
and his little, you know, his adventure in the little dinghy as we flash back to each person's origin story, yep. I was okay with that. Like, I, my brain had adjusted to the strangeness that was that sound, and then it was... And then it had to adjust to that party. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you had to get, like, it's like getting to the moon and then realizing, okay, this is the amount of gravity that exactly. I experience here. Yeah. Okay, yeah. now I understand. Yeah, it's a slightly different experience than you're used to, so just adjust to that, and then, dude, you're on the moon. That, dude... <laughs> Check out the view. Yeah. We have three characters that we kind of meet, come on our journey. We have Lee, our main character. Mm -hmm. We have Williams or Williamson? Williams. Williams. Okay. Williams, um, who's the second character that we meet as the credits roll, and you get this sort of funky black exploitation opening credits. Yeah. A lot of heavy bass. Great stuff. Um, and then our third is Roper. Roper, yeah. thank you. He's yeah, a Sesame Street name. Who like kicks ass on like the ninth hole and like wraps it up. <laughs> yeah, he's clearly got gambling debts. He's a degenerate. He's the Johnny Cage of this film. <laughs> For sure. Uh, you know, he's got his he's got his own issues. He's got he's got debtors that, that want to break his legs and you know, yeah, he takes care of himself on the ninth hole and then gets on the boat with 15 suitcases. <laughs> God knows what's in them. Yeah, he doesn't wear a ton of outfits. We don't get to see, you know, the full range. But he says always first class, so we got to believe him. And it seems like Williams and Roper know each other from Vietnam. Yeah. Which is a, a little connection that they show there. But right. what do you guys think of the, the way in which they kind of fleshed out those backstories via the, like, the water transition... Flashbacks. It's great. I don't know because we get we get Lee's flashback of him finding out that his sister was in a city with an old mentor. It seems like uh, when they were accosted by some of the evil guy Hans' men, including his right hand man Barry Gibb. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Not actually Barry Gibb, but just a guy who looks like the BG's backup mm-hmm. understudy. Um, who ends up, they like corner her, she knows there's no way out, she doesn't want to happen what she knows would happen in that situation, uh, and ends up taking her own life, which is just a very tragic opening backstory. Uh, William's backstory was that he's just a regular martial arts loving guy from the inner city. Yeah. Uh, I think he makes some comments to, you know, there's ghettos everywhere, you know, everybody's living high while people are living low, so he's like clearly a man of the people. Yeah. Kind of situation. Uh, he gets in his flashback. We see him go to a black dojo. Mm-hmm. And then as he's leaving with his bags, he gets hassled by white cops. Yep. And oh, that's he right. Kicks the shit out of them and steals their car. Yes, he does. All because he no just notes. wants. To, yeah, <laughs> yeah. All because he just wants to go to Hong Kong. Yeah. He's yeah, not going to Hong you're Kong. You're not going to. Well, they. You're not going to Hawaii. Oh yeah, Hawaii. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Hawaii. Yeah. yeah. Well, the dog ate one of them, so... Then a dog yeah. ate one of them. That's <laughs> true. Got the dog dragged one away. Yeah. Good boy. Yeah. And then Roper's was, he's getting accosted on the golf course because he owes a lot of money to somebody and ends up just leaving town right after he kicks yep. the shit out of him on the golf course. And then finishes the hole. The and that, he does finish And that, the I think, hole. Uh, needs, to be, uh, needs to be mentioned because that's a, that's a professional. Yeah. Yeah. It's absolutely a pro. Um, did you guys have a particular favorite flashback? I mean, that one. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He had like that foxy assistant with like the phone yeah. and like the 
He's not here right now. Yeah. The gilded golf cart or yeah, whatever. Yeah, she's making yeah. a phone call from the golf course in 1973. Hey, first class all the way. Yeah. First class, uh, I guess. She's got the killer hat on. Yeah. Dude. He's not playing the local muni courses. He's at a fancy country club, you know. That's true. I do like the fight with Lee's sister. I think that's a lot of fun. She's a badass. She does a lot of fun kicks and the running through. At one point, she's, you know... It's like Aladdin. Yeah. Like she's yeah. just running through the city. She's there's pigs. Mm-hmm. There's an old lady closing her windows. Oh. Like I don't, I'm gonna fuck. mind my business. Yeah, yeah. yeah, fuck that lady. Cause oh, that woman bitch. to die. Um. I love when she she like runs up a hill, and the gate is locked at the top of the hill. But then she just like backwards kicks a dude like right at head level, mm-hmm. uh, who's gonna come and get her from like the side of the little hill that she's on. Great stuff. Yeah, such a badass, absolutely competent fighter. Like, definitely held her own, but ultimately it came down to like ten on one. Yeah, and even though she was written to be in a fridge. Yeah, she was fridged. (laughs) Absolutely, kind of devastating to take her own life. Uh, Did you guys agree with that choice? Would you have rather had it be one of the henchmen, Barry Gibb, you know, taking her out, or does that does that mean more because she took the honorable way instead of being dishonored as she would have been i i mean there's you're looking at a weird time period in terms of gender politics Mm -hmm. of like you know yes we can have this woman have this badass fight but at the same time you know it's huge stigma very taboo to be the victim of Mm -hmm. an assault yeah uh, a sexual assault to be specific because it was either that or she was getting kidnapped to be part of Han's harem of... Which is also terror. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's... Right. Drug testers and prostitutes. To and... his Epstein Island. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, so, I mean, you see that kind of plot choice in a lot of media from this time period. Like, I can mm-hmm. think of... There's an episode of Little House on the Prairie where something similar happens. Like, if you're... Like, your sort of choices... Like, if something like that were to happen to you as a female character, there's no sort of, like... And then this is how you recover as a person. It's yeah. just like, well, you're dead socially. You're dead. So you have. we have to find a way to kill you off as a character. Yeah. Does it change the arc of this movie, I think? Not so much because her death is there to just push Lee's yeah. story forward. But it's part of a larger uneasiness with the depiction of sexual assault and... You know, what do we do after? How mm-hmm. do we kind of treat this person? So in that way, it's it's indicative of a larger problem. Mm. That is not Edge right. of the Dragon's problem to solve. No. And it's not that type of movie no. to do it. Like, you very easily fall into tropes in movies like this, and that's totally fine, as long as the execution is good. Yeah, and I'm trying to think, like, when does, like, Last House on the Left, and, like, some of those other, like, where you start to see in, like, horror in mm. particular, like, these much more explicit, scary depictions of that. Not I sure. Like, I think that might come, maybe it's around the same time period. Yeah, I mean, it would be within five, seven years, I could mm-hmm. see, because it's in the 70s, so. Yeah. But yeah, so badass introductions all around mm-hmm. uh, to everybody, and that gives you, very quickly, because it's... It's not all like one one one, but it kind of is. Mm-hmm. There's a little breaks in between to give you some other modern story, uh, but ultimately, like you care about each of these. I mean, at least I did. I don't. Yeah. I don't want to speak for you guys necessarily, but seems like everybody like you were a fan of each of the three leads, as it were. 
Yeah, they were all likable. They all had charisma in some way or another mm-hmm. that was admirable, so. Yeah. yeah. And they're different enough. Yeah. You know. Yeah, because one is very focused on his mission, which is Lee. He's very stoic in that nature. Roper's just in it for the the parties and the women and you know the riches that'll probably come with potentially winning a tournament like this, which he thinks of himself very highly and pretty confident that he's going to be able right. to do that. And then Williams just seems like a guy who just like kind of needs the break and needs to be yeah. respected and is just there to to be a fighter because that's right. what he wants to do seemingly. Um, but yeah, so all so a good job in the early part of this movie to make you care about each of the three, especially given that one of them doesn't make it through the whole movie, uh, and that I I mean I was impacted by that. I thought that really sucked when Williams died. Yeah. Huge bummer. I thought all three of them were going to make it out, but... The final brawl, if all three of them had been, like, back-to-back in the middle, surrounded by a hundred dudes, would have been epic. Epic, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, unfortunately. William does get a win, so they do show him getting a win in the tournament, which is good. You never want to see one of your leads get killed off before they get a chance to shine, so I was glad that we at least got him kicking ass pretty handily, making some money on the side with some betting. You know, Roper gets a win as well. Lee gets a win. Everybody gets one win before the tournament kind of kind of breaks down a little bit. What did you think of the the early matches in the tournament? Was the was the action good? Was the fighting good? Or was it kind of just like, yeah, these are squash matches, as it were, and took them down pretty easily? They were fine, but I didn't like the forced fights were not the best fights in this movie, if that makes sense. What do you mean the four, like, uh, example? So, like, so like the, those are, like, the tournament fights. Yeah. Where it was more like the fights, like, the, the goons and the other people. Mm. Like, I like those fights a lot more. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, yeah, because those are knockdown, drag out. Yeah, No yeah, yeah. rules kind of thing. Right. The tournament fights are more seemingly about honor and respect and, like, there's a, a rules and a hierarchy yeah. structure. Yeah, like, them. fight parry, fight parry. Yeah. Bite leg. <laughs> Break, break bottles. Yeah, yeah. break bottle. <laughs> um, so after we get the introductions and all the flashbacks, we then get to the island where we're introduced to Han. He's got women. He's got money. He's got food. And that, you mentioned it earlier, Johnny, that party. Let's talk about that party. That thing was Sweet. outrageous. <laughs> the bird cages. The bird cages. I'm like, picture 90 bird cages and approximately... A hundred to two hundred birds. <laughs> and ten bowls of fruit. In the center of the ten so bowls of fruit. So much fruit. Two sumo wrestlers. Mm-hmm. One lion dancer. Frog legs. Well, technically Frog two legs. lion dancers, probably. It's one in the front, one in the back, like a That's costume true. horse. One lion being danced in. Yeah. What else is going on? A Women. band. Women. Women throwing apples, putting knives. Lots out. of gold leaf everywhere. Yeah. Go- gold leaf. Probably some heroin. There was yeah, there's some guys doing somersaults all over the place. Yeah. Oh yeah, just there was acrobats. acrobats. Yeah. Um. Fancy robes, given to you by the uh, the host. So like uh, black and red satin robes. Oh right, we yeah. originally thought Williams or uh, Roper just Roper brought, had brought his, his own no. heady ass robe. Because <laughs> he seems like the type. Oh yeah. yeah. He had enough. But then we saw Williams cases. with the same one on. It's like yeah. It's a hell of a bed and breakfast. Yeah. But uh, did we miss anything? I don't know. It was a lot. Yeah. No, I think that was I think that was most those of it. Those are the high points, I think. Yeah, a ton of booze. A lot of people drinking. Yep. 
Yeah, like the cantina, like on Tatooine, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. So much scum. And Just with opium and like <laughs> prostitutes everywhere. Oh my gosh! And. And that's not to keep bringing it back to Aladdin, but it felt like. Prince Ali, like when they just show up with like every single, oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Do, like a parade of like everything. It almost reminded me of the scene in Temple of Doom where they're just like, yeah. There's getting, a there's a lot of there's like William like Williams opening up like trying to find something edible is what's her face screaming at every monkey every, head and snake mm-hmm. that comes out of the kitchen. There's a lot of Temple of Doom beats. Oh yeah. Particularly then when we get to the underground lair fight. Oh, I love how he just puts his hand and he just yeah. Under the fr- under the fruits or whatever wherever they're growing, yeah, and it's got to be fruit. Yeah, I like how he climbs down the rope. Oh yeah, feet completely straight completely out at a ninety straight. degree angle, just all abs. Yeah, he's climbing yeah. with his not abs. wasting a chance to no. showcase any sort of <laughs> stamina. Yeah, strength, all core. Yeah, and then he goes back in the same manner too. You think if you got caught once, which he does, right? Uh, you you find a different way in. Maybe through the guillotine elevator. Yeah. Uh, oh my god. But the... <sighs> we were all hurting and in pain, oh thinking that cat gosh. was going to die. We, we, we have to backtrack, though, because before we get to the guillotine elevator, you know, Lee is sneaking out on the island at different points. Williams decides to go out to do Tai Chi at the same time, and his companion for the evening who's also a spy rats him out to han so han confronts williams it's like why did you fight my men when in reality it had been lee mm-hmm. and that leads to one of my favorite fights in the movie williams versus han yeah that was a really good one yeah that was good like starting with when han does he slap Williams, or does he slap one of his own henchmen? Oh, the henchmen come in. Great slap. Yeah, Williams takes down a bunch of henchmen, like, right off the rip, uh, who come in from the back after he basically is like, dude, I don't know what you're talking about. It wasn't just me. Maybe I'm maybe I'm out of here. Like, how about that? Like, maybe I'll just go. He's like, well, no, you can't leave. Nobody can. It's not allowed. I'm going to kick your ass now. Uh, and so he dispatches of all those guys, and one of them falls onto Han's desk, and Han just completely backhands him out of existence, like completely off screen, out of frame. Right. But it does feel like, and I would have to rewatch it, but I, my recollection as we were watching it, it was very slap heavy. Mm-hmm. And at some point you go through a wall and then you're in a groovy opium den and there's mm-hmm. women oh, yeah, giggling and their faces are painted and the... Age of Aquarius is playing. <laughs> Paper lanterns swinging all, oh, around. Yeah. all around. And ultimately, Williams is defeated and killed. And it's then that it is revealed, and I gasped at this reveal, that Han has a metal hand, a fake metal hand. Shocking. Pulls the glove off, iron hand. I think it was a fist. Was it a fist or was no, it a hand? It was, a, it was, it was just an a, open hand. It was a... Yeah, it's a flat open hand. You can hear this on mic. (laughs) (laughs) Just an open hand. Very strong. I mean, of course it had to be. It's the only way he would have beat Williams. Williams is a a good fighter from what we've seen. Confident in his abilities. Fight two regular hands, no problem. An iron hand? Yeah. It's not right. It's dirty. Yeah. No, I didn't see that coming. I mean, very Bond villain-esque. And we we were talking as we were watching it how... 
it does very much feel like those early Bond movies, you know, henchmen on an island, all this, but I didn't see it coming. Yeah. So from there, Han approaches Roper, Roper, and he's with a cat. And this was the most tense part of the movie for us. Yes. He's taking him through his cabinet of curiosities, his museum of <laughs> yeah. weapons, and there is one kind of exhibit case of just hand-related weapons, and it's spooky. And then he takes Williams up to a guillotine and tells him, put your head in it. And Or not Williams, sorry, Roper takes Williams up. Williams is dead. <laughs> Asks Roper to stick yeah. his head in the guillotine. And after much back and forth where Roper declines, Han puts the cat inside it. And we were, the three of us, on the ceiling at this point. Yeah. yeah. Ed- edge of our seat does not describe how little of the seat we were using. Because <laughs> we saw a lot of weird shit going into yeah. that scene that could very well spell out a dead cat there, in the, this movie. The movie has been off the walls at this point. Mm-hmm. Like we, we already mentioned the party scene. There's a waterbed. There's like, <laughs> there's there's a new, it's too much of a wild card. We couldn't trust anyone. Um, Roper ends up sticking his hands in to rescue the cat at great risk to himself. Yeah. Except the guillotine is an elevator. Yeah. Literally nothing falls from the guillotine. He just pulls the you know, the guillotine release. Which reminds me reminded me of Indiana Jones again where like the coat hanger is supposed to look like a big yeah. weapon or whatever, like a nunchuck or a knife. He folds it, it turns into a clothes hanger. Yeah. And then we're in his lair. Secret underground lair, yeah. And it just kind of gets more devious as we go. What are the, what are the different things he's into? I mean, he's got heroin, opium, the drugs, drugs. of all kinds. They're injecting women with the drugs, seemingly to... I don't know if it's test their effects, test its potency, something. But later in the movie, we see one of the women who's part of this experimentation just screaming like, I'm from California, take me home, help me, get me out of here. And she has like this panicked, frantic look on her face and the camera's kind of following along as she's like in her cell and Lee is walking away from her. And then as the camera pans, we get another woman who's just standing there catatonic, which was creepy as hell. It was very creepy shot. Because she's just standing there, eyes wide open, not blinking, not moving. The girl's screaming and banging on the glass, trying to scratch her way out. And this other woman is just like, dead on her feet, essentially. So very creepy stuff. He's got a bunch of prisoners, uh, seemingly probably slave labor and whatnot. He says they're all drunks. Kidnapped. Yeah, he just found. Yeah, I think that's really it. I think it's just like the drugs. Also Indiana Jones. Yes, with the kids, kids all the f- fucked yeah. up, drugged up in the the on the mine. In the mm-hmm. mine, yep. Are there, I feel like there was one other naughty thing he was doing, but maybe it'll come to me. I mean, just having the lair in itself is problematic. Yeah, and the heroin den and the testing. And the, and, the, yeah. yeah. And the, oh well, the 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 last thing we get to when he's giving Roper the tour mm-hmm. is William strung up, chained, dead, over a like a moat of water. With spikes all around the edge of it, seemingly housing like an alligator or a shark or some, you know, some. No, kind it's just of... a kiddie pool with spikes around it. Yeah, yeah. which is weird because then he just drops William into it, Williams into it, but nothing happens there. So yeah. it's kind of really weird. It was just like 
they show Roper's face and he kind of turns away and he's clearly upset and he clearly hates what's going on here, but it doesn't look like it's a, a Bond villain style sharks with laser beams attached to their heads kind of situation. <laughs> right. So that was a little weird, but yeah, that's the other like big thing that happens in there where he basically intimidates Roper to be like, we cool? Hmm? You want to be on my team? We cool? Do we understand what I'm about? What what will happen if you're not cool? Right, right. He's like, yeah, no, we got, we, we got it. I'm clear. I understand. You suck. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. One thing he didn't mention with the Williams fight, though, uh, where he ultimately loses is when they knock over one of the bird cages. Oh. And the bird cage oh. breaks. Oh, my gosh. Right. And it's House of Flying Pigeons after that. As, like, someone is clearly off stage throwing pigeons at the actors. <laughs> <laughs> Still doing kung fu really well with a lot of birds in their face. Yeah, that was when the movie hit 100 miles per hour for me, and mm-hmm. it never slowed down. Yeah, because that's where they fly into the opium den as well. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> and we were hoping, too, because Han's office had one very big bird cage with several birds in it. And we all said, like, I hope someone throws the bird cage. Right. But it was even better because someone punched through it and then the birds were just everywhere. Yeah. It was magnificent. But yeah, the whole thing's a mess. Birds are flying everywhere. Obviously, all the debris from the fight aftermath is all over the place. He goes, William just goes through a wall. It's not like they're moving room to room and he happens upon a den. Like, he gets knocked backwards through a wall. Right. And lands in that. You know, the opium den with the, the face paint. I love that girl has got a full heart. Oh, yeah. yeah. So groovy. It's got the Black Sweet uh, Station music playing as yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah, the score in this is great. It's great. All the different, like, music changes. The whole last fight, uh, which we'll, we'll get to in a little bit, but there's just, like, wind chimes throughout the whole thing. It's just, like, very cool, very eerie. Yeah, yeah. Great stuff. Yeah, we didn't talk about this, but before the Williams fight where he ultimately dies, we get Lee's first fight, which turns out to be against the man who forced his sister to kill herself uh, and then also got a scar from who... I wasn't clear who Lee knew that told him this story, Mm -hmm. um, but that guy gave this guy like a a gnarly scar, Barry Kibb. Um, And so they have a a pretty awesome fight uh, in terms of the tournament fights. I think it's definitely the best one because it's the most visceral the most hard-hitting and it's one where like conceivably lee could lose because the other guy is the top of the top in terms of henchmen for han but he kicks the absolute shit out of that guy Uh and then that guy has yeah (laughs) and then that guy's having none of it so breaks a couple of bottles and goes to kill lee and then lee ends up murdering him Uh pretty ruthlessly right there i mean we don't see what exactly happened but he he murdered him he does like a big stomp yeah. To death. Like, what's that move in, like, Mario 64 where you jump up and then, like, go down, like, yeah. you slam? It was like that, but with his with feet. With his feet, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the 130 pounds of pure muscle just landing heel first in his sternum or whatever it ended oh. up being. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, he does, a, he does a big murder. So that's why Han's on edge, because his main guy's been murdered. He knows people are sneaking out, fighting his guards. Like, he's losing complete grip of the... The tournament and the island and every like his whole operation seemingly, which was cool to see him unravel a little bit and get a little bit more. All right, I gotta find a new right hand man. All right, I gotta bring somebody in. All right, I gotta tighten up security and I gotta bring everybody under my wing again. But has no control of the situation. Right. I'm trying to think like after the the Roper tour and finding out about Williams's death, I think we pretty much kick right off into. What is the launching point for the ending, which is Lee goes back into the underground lair, 
first he has to bypass the snake security. Oh my god. Because <laughs> his one way down is this oh this little like god. hatchway door in the garden that he found the first time he went down there. But this time when he goes to move some of the fruit plants in place of just having the door, there's now a big rattlesnake or cobra, cobra or whatever yeah. on top of the door, which he also makes very quick work of. Oh, he just keeps slapping it. He, well, no, first yeah, he puts it in the bag. He's just like, okay, yeah. Come here, oh, because then that, that, that he taunts it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Come here, baby. Yeah. He like puts it in a purse. So then there's also, I was laughing at this, uh, there's shots of Lee sneaking through the the lair and like up against walls and stuff, but he's got essentially what is like a purse and he's clutching it against his chest, yeah. like uh, like me on a subway, like, <laughs> like up against a wall. Yeah. Every time he did it, it made me laugh. Yeah, it's like a drawstring fanny pack kind of bag. Satchel. Why does he even bring it? It had it had his rope in it. Oh, it had his rope in it. Okay. So he's just holding on to it so that way he can put his rope back in it for if he needs the rope again. Like, fair enough. Yeah. Because that's what he puts it in. The very first time he goes down there, he like yeah. stuffs the rope in the rope oh, bag. Okay. Um, so then the snake is dispatched. Is dispatched. Check off snake. <laughs> if you're going to put a snake <laughs> yeah. in your bag, you have to you have to use it. it. Yeah. And boy, does he. That sequence is so fucking hilarious. It's so good. <laughs> Because it's not even like an immediate reaction from the guard. Like the door opens up and the guard, the guard's looking down and then just he sees the snake, he sees him and just reacts like five seconds later. Yeah. Yeah. Thing. yeah, and he's so calm, cool, and, like takes the snake out of the bag. Like you said, he slaps it a bunch of times to really anger it up. Yeah. And then just straight opens the door to the security room, drops the snake in there. The guys freak the fuck out. One of them jumps up on a desk. The other one takes the office chair and throws it through a window. And then leaps out while doing like a forward roll. He like catapults himself. Yeah. It probably kills himself in the process. It's like the a way coward, he lands. A cowardly lion. It is cowardly out lion. of like the window. Correct. Yeah. But the the image of Bruce Lee cracking the door open and then just pushing something it's all in inside, one frame. Yeah, yeah is so. Because the guy's so ludicrous. bewildered. It's yeah ludicrous it's not even like whistle blown hey like immediately yeah. he just guys watching him slowly put a snake in his room <laughs> i don't even know if he sees him doing it or if he just sees the snake come in because he doesn't react and get up like there's a guy right there or that's what i mean yeah. yeah he just sees the snake so in this guy's mind a snake slithered up to the door opened it and then just let himself right in. <laughs> yeah. after the flying leap lee is able to send uh transmission telegram something via morse code to the englishman from mm-hmm. the beginning of the movie which you've probably already forgotten about dear listener <laughs> that's right we did as well as the viewers yeah. <laughs> and he got a half an hour late yeah. yeah that was the best part he's asleep the lady brings him his morning tea and coded message and he's just like this came in a half an hour ago and then calls some lieutenant or general and was just like i don't care who he's with I don't care what, like, yeah. woman he's clearly with this morning. I mean, it's my exact reaction when my boss e- emails me and I don't see him for half an hour. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh no, we missed our window. <laughs> so after the uh, the snake security fiasco, he then goes in, fights a ton more dudes. Just absolute ass kicking through all of them. Yeah. Uh, my favorite of which is he just, like, kicks a guy square in the face but the guy doesn't like react immediately. It's almost like he goes rigid and then basically just does a jumping backflop. 
after getting kicked in yeah. the face. And it's just, I don't know, something about the way that some of the reactions to these kicks are is just it's so funny. But in like a, a good way and not just like, that was stupid. It was dumb. No, it's a, B, it's like a B movie way. It's really funny. But those can be bad. Like yeah. those can be like, oh, that's cheesy. Like, oh, that's stupid. No one reacts like that. But these are like, no, they're just people getting kicked in the dick and kicked in the stomach and right. kicked in the chest and the face and arms broken and all manner of leg biting and all these different yeah. things. It all feels legitimate, even if it looks really silly. Uh, but then it gets cornered and gets trapped and handcuffed and then brought up to the surface and told to fight Roper, who Han believes is now his new right-hand man. And Roper's just like, nah, nope, told you no. Mm. So that's Solid we, dude. We bring in the Goro of this movie. Yeah, who we did see briefly earlier. Yeah. But um, Bolo. Bolo. <laughs> Was that his name, Bolo? Yes, yeah. his name is Bolo. <laughs> <laughs> Bolo is a very big <laughs> dude. With that name. <laughs> Bolo is just a big dude. Most of the other henchmen that we've seen have been maybe a little bit bigger than Lee, but not as ripped. Bolo is just massive. Oh yeah, he's a giant dude with a really tiny head. <laughs> yeah, and we've already prior to this fight, we've watched him just crush and smash multiple people the actor who plays bolo uh has a you know pretty good career of doing other martial arts films but he also stars in a movie called bolo where he plays the character named bolo i don't think they're related because the actor's name is bolo as well oh okay. okay but it's just funny that it's like i was like oh no bolo is that like does he get his own spin-off sequel Dude, are we what? missing out four Bo- years bolo later goes to boca <laughs> <laughs> so um but yeah no he was great a competent fighter but uh, Roper dispatches. Roper's a pretty good fighter in his yeah. own right. It's not just, you know, he wins three on one on the golf course. He then completely hustles his first match, which we didn't mention, yeah. where he, he gets Williams to basically try to goad this older uh, Asian man with a Hitler mustache. Uh, so more secret Nazis for you. Um, <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> ropes him into trying to, you know, up the, up the bet. And first the guy wants no part of the action. So then Roper gets his ass beaten. Gets knocked down. Guy still wants no part of the action. Gets up. Gets his ass kicked again. Like it's, the guy's still like, no, no, it's fine. Then he gets his ass kicked a third time. So the guy's like, I'm in. I'm in. I want the action. And Williams is like, no, nah, man, I don't want the action. This dude's getting his butt kicked. So he gets beat again. And Williams is like, all right, I'll three. We'll be, do three. So then they're in. And then Roper immediately just takes his guy down. So pretty good fighter. But yeah, he he, uh, he bites, bites yeah, Bolo's leg. Yeah, a dirty move, but... Well, the other guy probably wasn't playing fair, you know? I think he did a cheap shot, like, right before that. It was just holding on to him. Mm. Pretty competent fighter. So he ends up winning that, and then it's and then it's on. Because now Bolo's been dispatched. The other henchman was killed earlier. Mm-hmm. And so now it's just Lee and Roper against every trainee. That I was going to say, like, all the black and whites come out. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah against every trainee this place has. At the same time, a confidential informant that we meet for 30 seconds earlier in the film frees all of the captees so that it's just the kidnapped victims in their black geese versus all of the trainees of the dojo in their white geese so you can tell everything apart. And then everything just breaks down into a half an hour of awesome chaos. And is at this point that Han 
when the chaos breaks out, goes and grabs a box, and he opens it. It's snaps oh open, and it's his tactical bear claw, fur included, and he snaps it in. He's ready to go. And incredible. When it appeared, we all went, oh, oh. It would be so much more menacing if it didn't have, like, a merkin, like, taped to the top of it. It is a merkin. It is so foul. And then it's not on screen really for very long. He gets one good slice in with it. He gets one good slice, and then he slams it into a piece of wood like an idiot, and it gets stuck, so he has to pop it off his wrist, and he runs inside, and we're back in the Cabinet of Curiosities, where Lee chases him. Where he's got a second, longer, bigger metal claw. Yeah, much more Wolverine-esque. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and this is a really good fight, too. I, this is... The sequence in the museum room, we'll call it, I really, really enjoyed. Mm. Yeah, because he's fighting... Han's got the big, long Wolverine claw. The second of the Wolverine claws. Uh, and then he takes out a spear, because he's getting his ass beat. And it, he didn't look like he was very competent of a fighter with the claws as he was with the metal hand. Like yeah. with the metal hand, probably because it was just a regular hand mm-hmm. that he was able to do like normal martial arts with, with a glove on. And then it's just like, Oh, fake reveal. It's metal. Um, but it, it, he seemed way worse with the claw. And I don't think that's just because Lee's a better fighter than Williams was. Yeah. I think it's just, it looks janky because it's a man with a really long sleeve holding a, a metal thing at the end of his sleeve. Right. Yeah. Lee does give him the business in that room, though, and it's very fun to watch. There's a, a moment where Han slices him in the stomach, and Lee just stands there very, like, mm, like not really flinching, and then he sticks his finger in his stomach blood and... Oh, I didn't need that. I didn't need it. Oh, I loved it. Oh, we needed it. Because then he gets... <laughs> then he really gets... To giving him the business yeah. and mm-hmm. beating the fucking brakes off him. Like, there's a kick at one point where you see Han's body just, like, fold. Like, into the camera. His yeah. Yeah, that was gnarly. Yeah. And then, after the, they, you know, they have a pretty knockdown, drag-out brawl inside the Museum of Oddities, which, you know, to Han's credit, he got a lot of slices in. Got a lot of, you know, good swipes. Lee's pretty beat yeah, up. Yeah, he cut him up. Yeah, um, so he's got, I think, two on his face at this point, a couple on his chest. Like, you know, he's got the one across the sternum, as, as Bridget mentioned. But then the spear gets thrown through a wall, and Han's like, all right, well, shit, I've lost my spear. I gotta go. And then pushes the wall to to reveal a revolving door into a house of mirrors. Mm-hmm. And that's where that's where the wind chimes kick in, and that's where the the breakneck pace of the final brawl slows to a crawl, uh, but in a fantastic way. Yeah. Yeah. It's technically really cool to watch because you kind of try to figure out, okay, where's the camera? Mm-hmm. Cause it yeah. seems like a lot of the times it's done in such a smart way that you don't see it, but it's also used very well. Like the blades of mirror, if you want to call it whatever, the sort of creeping across and they're meeting each other, but yeah. they're not cause they're on other sides of the room. Yeah. Just really cool sequence. Yeah. Slow, slow. It, you're right. It did sort of, you could tell it slowed a lot. Yeah. It also maybe went on for like 
a beat more than I wanted to, but it mm-hmm. was one of the cool one of the cooler sequences of the movie. Yeah, it ratchets up the tension incredibly because you oh, know yeah. Lee can fight any one of the dudes on that island, no problem, one on one, in the open, in a room, whatever. But the second you can't see your opponent, that's when you right. know, you're handicapped a little bit. So it you kind of wonder like, okay, what's gonna happen? Is he gonna require a save from? Mei Ling or, or whatever the informant's name is is MIA. Maybe she comes back. Maybe Roper finds out where they are. But right. So there's a lot that could happen in this moment, and that's why, even though it does slow down, I think it works really well. But it brings us back to what his master told him at the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. You know, what is it's your enemy? They have images, and that's all that all they, they have. have. If you destroy yeah. the image, you'll destroy your enemy. Mm-hmm. And at that point, Lee begins to smash all the mirrors, which allows him to see Han better. And does he kick him into the spear? Yeah, I think so. I think so. He does one big attack. I don't remember if it was like punching, or, but I think it was kicking. Yeah, and Han flies back into the wall where the spear had been thrown into and is impaled on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then he turns him into a vestibule. <sighs> yeah. That was so great, because that happened, and... I think Johnny, you were like, please, please open the door, please push him. Yeah, please spin. Yeah, yeah. Please and then spin he him. just spins and spins oh, and spins, and then it just kind of lands with him, just like looking there, just yeah. dead on the the hook, as it were. Yeah, great final sequence, and right. then he goes topside. The fight is is over in the in the garden. All the the black key people are just bullying the white key. People. Yeah, like the what. <laughs> <laughs> throwing one guy and like bouncing in between four yeah. people they've got a bunch of people oh, against the wall <laughs> in like the you know like spread them and frisk kind of position against the wall and they're just like pushing them and hitting them and like doing light kicks or whatever like just just completely fucking with them because yeah. they've obviously schoolyard probably, bullying bullshit yeah because they've probably been tortured down in the their chamber oh yeah yeah for sure starved warranted just oh absolutely yeah uh and lee just looks at roper and he just gives him a thumbs up Robert giving the thumbs up back, and then we pan down to the final shot of the movie, which was what, Johnny? Bear Claw. <laughs> Just that original, hairy, three-pronged bear claw, and the words, the end. <laughs> right. And I don't even think it, like, dollies down. It, like, snap zooms out yeah. to yeah. it, and it's perfect. What and it stays on it with yeah. the credits. Yeah. The... The jangly Tarantino guitar. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. And it's there for the whole credits. Yeah. Yeah. Not even a still, like this chilling there. It's there. Yeah. Oh, no. it's so good. You know, we do see like the army coming in on helicopters, but there's no tying up loose ends. There's no like, you did a great service, Lee. Like, we'll call on you again. Like, there's no anything after the fight. It's just like, fight's over. We did it. Credits. Because <laughs> it knows what you came for. Yeah. Yeah. You want more fighting. And this isn't an era where you'd set up a sequel to a future, you know, Lee Presents Dragon movie. Right. Where nowadays you would at least have one more scene of him back, like on a boat, being like, all right, well, you you took him down. Do you want to rid the world of the un- drug underworld? And him being like, all right, I'll take the jab. And then credits. So we yeah. don't get anything like that, which is fine. But did you guys have a particularly favorite fight moment, kick, punch, nunchuck to the face? That you can think of i know it kind of there was one that me and bridget had a pretty big reaction to where i think it was in the museum of yeah. hands and shapes or whatever mm-hmm. 
and I, maybe it was just the way it was shot, the perspective, but one kick came flying in from the side and into his side. Yeah. But oh, his yeah. body exited the frame of the camera yes. at such a <laughs> rapid pace that, yes. that, that it was like... I'm like, he folded. He's done. <laughs> he's bundled like laundry. He's just done. <laughs> Ragdoll physics. Is oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, that is a good one. Because um, the weight of like his leg was felt so much there, where I think, and I don't mean to interrupt you, but no. like there were a lot of times where the fighting was well choreographed, but you could peg the where people weren't getting hit or yeah. whatever. This was just a well-placed frame, camera, whatever. And it was a difference in sound, too. It was, there was, there was the, yeah. You, like, whatever you're picturing in terms of a kung fu movie sound, that's what you're hearing, the, like, but right. that was, like, an actual, like, huh, like, yeah. <laughs> like Instead could, of, like, you, a full sack of flour, it was, like, a half sack of flour with, like, a stick in it. Yeah, and you, <laughs> you hear a little bit of the wind go, like, huh, like, just get knocked Right it's like he's dead. <laughs> the fucking movie's over. Yeah, no. Forget the spear in the house of mirrors. That man is already. Dead. Oh my god. Yeah, it's not necessary. Yeah, that. That one was up there for sure. That's up there. The birds. The birds mm. are great. Another little moment too, um, that I like. Our insider, our our double agent, kind of friend on the inside. When we first meet her, it's at the party and. Han is showing, like, these are what my ladies can do. Mm. Oh, that was the other creepy thing in the lair. When they first get down there, there's a bunch of beautiful women. He's like, these are my daughters. Oh, yeah. So, that... Anyway. That's right. His female bodyguards, he's picking up apples and throwing them, and they're hitting them with, with knives and throwing stars. But our woman on the inside has just, like, a thing that she goes... Like she blows on it and it flies up oh, and hits right. the apple. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, that's good stuff. And yeah. it lands in Lee's lap. Yeah. How fortunate. Yeah. What, yeah. What about you? Do you have a favorite one? Uh, I really love, and this isn't necessarily like the action of it, but like there's a couple. There's a shot when I think it's Roper's first like real fight um, when he's like, "All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna whoop ass now," where he's kicking the camera. Where, like, it's from the point of view of the guy he's kicking in the face. And so, like, you just see, like, foot to lens three or four times. And it's really well done. And he's, like, kind of sliding as he's kicking. So he's moving towards the camera. And the camera's backing up, seemingly getting kicked in the face of the guy. Which I thought was pretty cool. But my favorite one, I think, was in the Lee-Barry Gibb fight. Where uh, Gibb goes to kind of do, like, a leaping forward roll kind of thing. And Lee just kind of like ducks and lifts his leg almost like in a split and just kicks that dude in the nose. Oh, yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. Where the guy's I like, I couldn't I'm remember gonna... what fight that was in. Yes. Yeah, he's like, I'm going to get him. I'm going to do like a leaping forward roll and mid air forward roll. He just gets kicked. I don't know if it's the midsection or the groin, but it's it's it was, low it was the groin. belt area. And he just goes down in a heap because, of course, he did. Because now he can't land properly. I think he lands like on his neck and his shoulder. And it was just. I've never seen a move like that before. Yeah. Because normally a kick like that is played for laughs, and that was played for serious. Yeah. Pain. Yeah. <laughs> Utter pain. Yeah, so I think th- I think that was my my favorite yeah. of the of the maneuvers. That 
Yeah, I think that's when the three of us collectively like sat up a little bit straighter. <laughs> Just like, Oof. wait a minute, is so, this happening? I also love. I think it's the Lee Han fight where he takes somebody. Lee takes somebody kind of spins them around so they're behind his back and then he like lifts his leg behind his back and kicks them in the face with the yeah. flat of his shoe. Yeah. So it's just like how did you even like contort your body and lift it in a way that even like reached them where they were. They're kind of like at his they're at his hip level and higher a little bit and he just kicks them in the face behind his back. And that's pretty great too. So many good kicks. So many good kicks. Kicks slaps the whole thing. I love when he's fighting all the dudes and he keeps taking their weapons and he, so he's got tonfas and he's got a bow staff and he's got the nunchucks and when he's clearing out the underground layer. He had like every Ninja Turtle weapon in like the span of like 45 seconds. Yeah. No sword though. Got some spears. We never got a sword. That's right. We got one of those like really long spear handles that kind of has a sword on the end of it in one of the... It's like a bayonet or whatever. Kind of. Yeah. In yeah. one of the... But I don't think it was part of an attack. I think it was part of like the training sequence that they show when they first show up to the island. Someone's got one of those. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was the... The most sword-like. I did get excited when you got like a staff or a weapon. It's yeah. like kind of yeah. like when you've been playing like the video game for a long time and you finally get to pick up like a weapon. Yeah. Or like, mm-hmm. like we taught you the basics. You know the fundamentals. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Now it's time to whoops. Now you're ready. Yeah. I really thought he he knocked into one of those like opium big like bowls that was in the vicinity of he that fight. He kept hitting it and I was like waiting for him to do something with it. That's Nothing what I'm saying. Like I was expecting it. him to like slide the handle onto the thing and then like, you know, flip it around, kick it up, knock it into people's faces or whatever because I've definitely seen that. Well, I guess it was real. Yeah, yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah. But like, I've definitely seen that before in other movies with action like this so I was really expecting that to happen thinking, oh, they probably got it from this. Oh, yeah. This is where it happens. Yeah. But, so I was a little let down by that because I thought the same thing. Just someone getting, like, wrecked by, like, heroin <laughs> in the wrong way. Well, it was, like, boiling, too, like, when Roper walked through it. So I thought we might get, a, like, a hot pot of soup style, like, burn you with this heroin or opium or whatever it is that we're cooking. Oh, what a way to go. <laughs> well, it might be pain-free. Who knows? Depends how fast yeah, acting yeah, really. seeps into your, uh, your burn skin. <laughs> Favorite character? I mean, it's okay to say Lee. He's the most badass of the group, but... Any favorite side characters, at least? Um, oh, I like Williams. I don't know him. Kind of uh, with the with the cans in yep. the beginning with the, the black the black power poster. Yeah, and... he put up a Jimi Hendrix and a black power poster. Yeah. He's like, if I'm go- he's like, I'm going outside. He ain't stopping me. Yeah. Oh yeah, he, he. I gotta check out the moonlight. Yeah, I gotta check out the moonlight. He picks like five prostitutes from the lineup. Yeah. Oh yeah. They're like, all right, we're bringing women to your room. You can just have pick one. And he's like, nah, pick these four. And he's like, if I miss anybody, I'm sorry. I'm a little tired. <laughs> I like our main three. I like Han. I like Bolo. Do you think Han was a convincing enough villain? Yeah. I didn't I like think... how Han's bodyguard was dispatched so quickly, oh, yeah, like... I think. Yeah. I think if he stuck around a little more, for someone who had such responsibility for what happened to his sister, you think he would have stuck around Yeah, I feel a like little you... longer in the movie. I feel like you should flip the Bolo and correct bodyguard fights because yeah. if bolo goes first you're like okay this is a new dude he looks formidable like in goro being dispatched kind of early yeah, yeah. mortal combat because typically the brawn goes first before the brain i think in a sequence like that like typically the smarter guy is the one who's at towards the end like the 
the baddie, if you will. Yeah. Like, you would ratchet up the difficulty, and seemingly you would think, because he's the right-hand man, he's more of a fighter than Bolo is. Correct. So you'd go Bolo, bodyguard, Han, in the hierarchy of boss fights, as it were. Right. Here's something that I like about this movie that I don't think you could get away with in a movie today, but at no point is Lee conflicted about giving the business to anyone. No. There's no, like, I shouldn't strike out. It's, I will strike out in righteous anger. Yeah. And give you this knuckle sandwich. Like, there's yeah. no, like, oh, no, I killed, I killed the the henchman. It's like, you're next. Yeah. Try me. Yeah. So refreshing. So, like. Yeah, there's no internal struggle. We get. No, which is, like, a wishy-washy, like, I think, no, I discomfort don't... with the makers. Yeah, I don't like that. With, like, violence of, like. Oh, I, I'm conflicted about this. I'm not. Yeah, yeah. I don't need depth with this character. But I he has it still. Like that's still the thing. It, he has. He still kind of like got it, but I mean, yeah. In that way. Yeah. Again, I mean, it sets the stage for it, and then it sort of just doesn't address much of it later on. No, and I mean, they dispel it right before he goes to the boat. He's at his sister's grave. Yeah. No. Like, yeah. Right. You're not gonna like what I'm about to do, and it goes against everything you guys have taught me. But it's the right thing to do, and I'm about to do it. Right. And then he just goes and he kills, what, two people yeah. after that? Right. Who absolutely deserved it. Yeah. But yeah, that, that is a good point that it's, it's, there's no internal struggle. There's no monologue. There's no... There's no, like, weird, like, we have to find, like... He doesn't confide in the double agent, like, there's gotta be a better way. And she's like, no, you gotta kill him. He's a bad dude. He's like, no, I won't. Honor and whatever. Yeah. Which, like... Okay, if that's part if that's part of the story you want to tell, fine, do it in a way that works. But here it's just like, no, nah, man, revenge. Mm-hmm. It's just pure, unadulterated revenge. <laughs> Very straightforward. Yeah. Cool. Well, any other thoughts that you guys have? Any other favorite moments? Anything in particular you didn't like about the film that you want to get out there before we wrap things up? There are things that happened in this movie that in another movie I might not like, might offend, like make me just go, eh. But the total package of this movie is perfection. I would change nothing. Yeah. It it lets you know right off the bat that it's of its time, that it's like, this is it. Like, you have to accept, like, what yeah. you're about to watch. Yeah, I, I really dug it. I I thought sometimes the pacing was a bit off for what I wanted to be. I think I wanted to be a, a, a touch more relentless, I mm. think, in pace. And just because, like, that awesome music left us for sequences at a time, and it's kind of just... It's, like, even the beginning, like, that cold open where he's having that conversation, it's, like, one shot, which is impressive enough, yeah. but, and I'm not one of those who has to subscribe to needing editing to sort of keep me engaged, but it was just a bizarre, yeah. you need, like, one cut, like, okay, let's switch it up, let's sort of, so there were a lot of those where there was a lot of one takes, but it's one takes, like, because of a budget, yeah. opposed to creativity or anything like that, I think. Yeah, you kind of lose placement in the scene. When it's all that one, because you're just like, oh, we're just moving on to the next. Oh, what? Wait, where are we? What happened? Right. Who's this guy? Yeah. What's happening? Um, so you do kind of lose that through line a little bit. So I get that. It's a B. It's a B movie. It's, yeah. It's, yeah. So. Yeah, it was made for under under a million dollars. Yeah. <laughs> so, made over three hundred and fifty times. You know, what incredible! What it, what it costs. Incredible. Proper return on investment. No. But yeah, I mean, I think, I think we've all done gushing and 
can safely say this is an absolute must watch. Yes. Will you guys go check out other Bruce Lee movies or other martial arts movies from this time period? Or is this kind of like, I saw the best and everything else won't compare? I think it could definitely be a high watermark, but I would be intrigued to see his other films, his earlier work, and just see how that compares, particularly since they were done for not a U.S. audience. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see. I do have a Bruce Lee tape at home called The Connection, I think, which I don't know, and I think it's a, it's a different title, alternative title to a different one of his movies, but I'm definitely going to go spin that now. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't see that in the, the IMDb listing, but it could be the English translation of one of his other movies. Correct. Yeah, that's what I think it is. All right. Well, uh, that'll do it then for this week's episode of Fine. I'll watch it. Remember, you can find every episode of Fine. I'll watch it every Thursday morning at nine a.m. on Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Podbean, Stitcher, and Spotify. Remember, you can rate and review this show both on Spotify and Apple Podcast right there in the app. So let us know what you think of the show, as we appreciate any ratings that help the show a lot, and we appreciate all of our listeners. Uh, remember, you can also find us on Facebook and Twitter, at Broken Clock Pods. So let us know what you think of Enter the Dragon. What are some of your favorite Bruce Lee movies? What are some of your favorite martial arts movies? Uh, is this something you saw as a youngster and really got you into the genre? Let us know on Facebook and Twitter, at Broken Clock Pods. Once again, for fine, I'll watch it. My name is Adam. I'm Bridget. And I'm Johnny. And thanks so much for listening.